welcome to another episode of the There It Is podcast. Different music today because of the special nature of the episode. It's a different kind of episode and just... I've done this once before, but I just didn't feel that the typical music that we use, the theme song that we use, as great as it is, fits the the mood. Um, two things I wanted to talk about today. Uh, the second one more personal than the first one. Uh, but I do appreciate you listening, and I hope you take something from this episode. This one's going to be a tough one for me, so please bear with me. But uh, the thing that is not personal, this is something that's going on in the comedy community. We've all been talking about it, and it is the news about Louis C.K. The rumors have been swirling and dogging him for years. He wouldn't address them directly. He pretended they weren't real. And um, they were always a blind item in like a gawker.com piece. And... Not a blind item. It's just a, I say, I mean, blind in the sense that there were there were never names attached to the rumors, to the accusations. That's why I'm calling them rumors. Is because, you know, you're hearing not even third hand, in some cases, about a person, and it wasn't even at first directly stated to be him, to my knowledge. When I first heard about it, it was. It kind of was a blind item. It was somebody big in the comedy community is doing this to young women in the comedy community or these two, uh, you know, this this duo. And people assumed it was Louis C.K. because of the implications of the way the article was written. And But people assumed the duo was Garfunkel and Oates and they were not involved with it. So you could never really figure out what it was, right? And who, if it was truly about Louis C.K. And then when it did start really saying like, no, this is Louis C.K., then it still wasn't coming from one of the victims directly. And so it was hard to know if it was rumor or an accusation. And until this past week, it was a direct accusation. Uh, Five women came forward and shared their experiences with him and their awful, awful things. What he did, you know, just, um, I know some people are, they're not splitting hairs, but they're just like giving this, the degree of each charge. And, you know, Brett Ratner and Harvey Weinstein are accused of strong arming women into sex and and just full on assault and full on and full on rape is what they're accused of whereas with Louis it's not technically assault uh but you know it's still gross and it's still traumatizing for people you know and it's it's terrible it's awful what he did and he came out and said that they are true that the things we've heard all these years Completely true. And it's important to talk about this because though people aren't, you know, you're not going to hear in every comedy community every week necessarily about something as heinous as these crimes. But there is still harassment going on and there's still stuff that's close enough. So the degree to which these things are different 
kind of does it matter? Uh, I say kind of because in some cases there's legal aspects to it. A crime was committed, so someone has to pay a certain judicial price. But in some cases it's harassment uh, or just like annoying somebody or just being a perv. I shouldn't say just, but it's inappropriate behavior like that. And it's not criminal, so it's different. So, yeah, I get that there is a difference, but, you know, it still plays into the culture of of rape, of harassment, and uh, other forms of assault and discrimination. And we did an episode a few weeks ago that was about harassment and assault and uh, of a sexual nature and discrimination um, as well, which is, of course, covers all different kinds of situations. It's just something that is clearly such a big aspect of our society, and it needs to end. It has to end. When somebody as powerful in the comedy world as Louis C.K. is doing it, and then you hear about a teacher who you've never heard of, or a theater owner somewhere in a place you've never heard, doing these sort of things, it's a big deal. It's a very big deal, and we need to handle it. I think it is being handled because people are coming forward. There are repercussions. Uh, some legal things are happening. And people are being taken out of the position of power to continue to do that sort of stuff. And they are also being taken out of the position of power to hide that they've been doing it. And Harvey Weinstein, he can't use his position of power anymore because he doesn't have a position of power to hurt people. And Louis C.K. can't either. He can't get away with it now. And so even if these people perpetrate something again, they can't get away with it. And that's a really huge and important step that is finally happening. But more needs to happen, and different types of things need to happen. And part of it is that people need to learn more, grow, re-examine their own behavior, reassess their behavior, and determine what it is that they're doing that could be contributing to some of the bad things going on. And I think... Another aspect of this is how we all respond to it. I think it is good for us to learn a lesson. And I think to a certain degree that's become hard. I've had a discussion where someone was saying they think it's really just between Louis and the women, that the victims that he, uh, he victimized. And, you know, of course there are a lot of things that are just none of our business. But I do think this is a learning experience and a, a teachable moment for our society. It's not as easy as saying don't rape people, obviously, because so many people are still doing that. There's rape culture, and that needs to be dealt with. But another thing is that I think is distracting from this being a teachable moment are some of the jokes. And, you know, 
we've all made them, including myself. I'm, you know, made some kind of reference to the news. And I think there's an appropriate way when all of the news is what all of the news is, there's an, it's impossible to avoid the topics. And I think there is an appropriate way to handle the discussion and handle the topic in a way that is not, that doesn't hurt, doesn't, doesn't hurt anybody, but also doesn't hurt discussion. But I do think I see some people veering over into a joking around in such a way that it does sort of distract from meaningful discussion. Um, I don't know how I feel about all of it. I don't want to call any particular thing out or any specific person out. I'm just saying I've seen a couple of jokes where I was like, is that really necessary? Like, you know, all the... Like, for instance, I guess I will get a little specific with Louis C.K.'s statement. People were pointing out that he didn't say, I'm sorry. And I think there is a thoughtful discussion we can have about that. But then there are also people who are just wanting to go, fixed it, took his statement, fixed it. And that just seemed not helpful to me. I don't see how that's having a genuine discussion about the fact that he should have used the words I'm sorry in his statement. And then also there is the point that he did call a couple of them, maybe all of them, and apologized to them. And why does he need to say it in a statement if he said it to them personally? Um, Not defending him. (laughs) Nothing defensible there. I'm just saying there is a smarmy way to have a discussion and there's a fruitful way to have a discussion and I'm not sure that going fixed it is the fruitful way to have a discussion it just seems like the sarcastic I'm gonna make fun for the sake of making fun sort of thing and patting ourselves on the back which happens a lot online Uh, a lot of glory seekers are on the internet as well as the trolls and I think they both generate a toxic atmosphere at times. Sometimes we can brush off the trolls. Sometimes the glory seekers make a good point. But I'm not sure that they're always helpful. Um, I would strongly suggest that you listen to what Mark Maron said yesterday in his podcast, WTF, about it, because he's good friends with Louie. And I think he approaches the situation uh, in a way that addresses the humanity of the situation. And, you know, it's tough for him because he's good friends with him. And Louis lied to him, to his face when asked about it, you know. So we can't assume that everybody knows. Not everybody knows. People ask questions and then they're lied to and then... When people say, oh, why aren't they saying anything online? Why do they have to say something online? Why do they have to say something in your time frame? <laughs> if, if your best friend or your 30-year friend did something that's unimaginable to you, you're going to need some time to process it. And that's not going to fall into the time frame of when you think you should hear something from them. So I would consider listening to that with open ears and an open mind. And I would also strongly suggest that you read Lori Kilmartin's New York Times piece, as well as 
the interview that Judd Apatow did with Deadline about harassment and assault and discrimination in the industry because there's a lot of it to go around and they have some very wise things to say. If you're in comedy, especially read Lori Kilmartin's piece because she just she talks about the things that go on in our industry and what it's like for women trying to go from comedy club to comedy club to learn the craft and to further their career. And that's a, that's a good thing for people to know is going on. If you don't already know, and if you already know, you can commiserate and you're not alone. So that's all I wanted to say about that particular topic. Um, the next thing is the personal thing and it's difficult to talk about. It's about suicide. A friend of mine, a good friend, I've known him 20 years, committed suicide Friday before last. And it shocked us all because we didn't know anything was wrong. Not even his wife knew that he was feeling this way. And it shook me so much that I I ended up calling a suicide prevention hotline to just talk to somebody about how these sort of things happen. And I think, you know, a lot of people talk about comedians and musicians and actors, but especially comedians being depressed. And, I mean, one of our biggest comedians... Robin Williams committed suicide, so I felt like talking to somebody and sharing with other comedians some suicide prevention suggestions and tips and and just information would be a useful thing for the community. Um, So I want to start off with that, with suicide prevention. I want you to understand that it is very healthy to talk to someone and share your thoughts if you are having thoughts of suicide. Don't feel any shame in reaching out. And you don't have to be afraid to reach out. You're on the right path if you're talking to someone who could help you with your well-being. This is directly what someone told me when I called the hotline that if you are having thoughts of and processing what is going on with you and you are reaching out to somebody, you're on the right path. If you are reaching out, you're on the right path. So you don't need to be afraid to reach out because it would only mean you're on the right path. Not wanting to have those types of thoughts, thoughts of suicide and situations is a good thing. So if you talk to someone, good for you. Being more open to communication regarding how you're feeling is good. That is a good thing. Do not shy away from that. Do not be afraid to have those discussions. So one thing I've, we've all heard for years, the like suicide hotline commercials. And the, if you are having thoughts of suicide and call the suicide hotline, and I've just heard it my whole life. And for whatever reason, wrong or right, I thought that you would 
call that hotline when the gun's in your hand. I don't know why I thought that. I just kind of assumed that's when you need the suicide hotline, when you're about to commit suicide. But you can call sooner than that. You can call just when you have thoughts of suicide, which does not mean I've decided I'm going to kill myself. That is not merely a thought of suicide. That is a decision that you've made. You can call before that. You can call just when you start planning it or contemplating it or wondering about it. That's when you can call. They will certainly talk to you if you are in it and have the gun in hand and you are about to commit suicide. You can call the suicide hotline in those moments. Please call them in those moments. They will sit with you all day if they have to. Certainly call, though, when you just have those kinds of thoughts, when you're just considering it. Here's something that friends can do. Letting people know that you are comfortable with talking about their suffering with them. That's a great way to hold space, too. A lot of times, people who are suffering will avoid having those tough conversations because they don't want to be a burden, when in truth, they wouldn't have been. There are people there who would have talked. My friend Chris, we were fraternity brothers. He was my freshman year roommate. I talked to him five weeks ago. I had no idea anything was wrong. We ended that conversation saying, let's not go this long before we talk again. We didn't know. But he could have talked to me. And all of our fraternity brothers are saying, why didn't he just call me? Letting your friends know that you are open and willing and are there for them, even if it may be a really, really hard discussion, is so important. So let them know. I, I beg you to just let them know that. When I told my college best friends or best friends of mine I made in college, when I told them about what happened with Chris, they said immediately their first thought was, if you ever feel that sad, if anything is going on, you call us. And that's the support system that you have to have. You have to have that kind of support system around you. But if you don't, if you have talked to your friends or your, your, the people immediately in your circle about what's going on, and if they say things like, oh, you're always complaining, or like if they're actively saying and actually verbalizing, and there is a difference between what we think people are, are feeling and what they're actually saying. If someone is using the words like you're always complaining about stuff, then they're not a part of your support system and they can't be. I'm not saying you can't be friends with them. I'm saying you need to find a support system outside of them. And you can, at least with this hotline, if you're having suicidal thoughts, okay? So here's some preventative measures. You can call this number, 1-800-273-TALK. 1-800-273-8255. They are available 24 hours every single day. They'll talk to you the whole day if they need to. This is what they told me when I talked to Hope, was her name. 
which is, I feel like that's the name you want to hear when you're (laughs) calling the suicide hotline. You need hope. But she told me that they will talk to you the whole day if they need to. If you're having suicidal thoughts or are about to commit suicide and you've made a decision to do this, then reach out to someone, please. Something I've heard in the past when when people were discussing suicide was they'll say like, oh, they're only thinking of themselves. They're not thinking of their families. And that's not true. What I've come to understand, and I didn't hear this from Hope when when I called the hotline or from a therapist. I don't know. I don't want you to take this with a grain of salt, but I haven't confirmed this either. I'm to understand that when someone gets that low, that they want to commit suicide, it's not that they're not thinking of their family. It's that they think their family would be better off without them. If Chris only knew how much we loved him, maybe he wouldn't have done what he did. It's just so important that you reach out to somebody. I cannot stress that enough. If you don't think anyone you know will listen, call the number 1-800-273-8255. Someone there will listen, I assure you. They are people who can talk to you if you don't believe you have anyone else to. And another step you'll need to take is therapy, seeking therapy, seeking a support group. There are free support groups in some places. You can, you can research suicide support group. Just Google it. Some information will come up. If you call that number I gave you, they will give you tons of information. Okay? Please, please, please call that number reach out to someone, it is a good thing to reach out. There is no shame in this. There is no shame in reaching out to someone. I want to take a second to talk about my friend Chris specifically. Um, His funeral is happening tomorrow, and I'm not able to go, and it's tearing me up that I can't go, but I wasn't able to make it work out. And I want to honor him some way and just talk about my friend Chris to you. Uh, as I said, he was my freshman year roommate. We met at orientation, and he just happened to be the guy standing next to me in the first breakout group of the when we got assigned our orientation assistant. And we all were just standing in a circle. He was just standing next to me, and at orientation, we were just kind of like it was almost a free for all. Like, you just were in your room. You didn't know where you're supposed to go. <laughs> you just have this little list of thing, uh, events going on. You're like, I don't know where I'm supposed to be. Uh, where? <laughs> and then I just went to the cafeteria at lunch, and I saw him walking in. And I was like, oh, hey. You know, let's sit together. Because uh, we just happened to be the last two to walk in <laughs> for lunch. <laughs> and then at dinner, the same thing happened where we just happen to be on the same schedule again. So it's just like this godsend 
<laughs> to me, I just, I don't, we're just happen to be standing next to each other, happen to walk into the cafeteria a couple different times. It's on the exact same schedule when no one else was around <laughs> uh, that we recognized. And we hit it off so much, we decided to be roommates. And it was one of the best years of my life. And it was largely because of him. He's just the funniest guy. He was, I, I come to call him a, a living life hack. He was like a human life hack. Like other people were like, oh, duct tape will fix anything. And he's like, I can make something out of duct tape. <laughs> you know, like he's, he's using duct tape not to fix something, but to create something or something. You know, like, I don't know. Uh, he had this, I think it was a Gran Torino that he drove and he, he strung up Christmas lights in it. I don't know how. He just like rigged something because uh, it wasn't like this easy. Now you could easily probably do that. But 20 years ago, for whatever reason, I just it wasn't this thing that had an adapter for the battery or something. You know, or the, the, it didn't have a cigarette lighter adapter in the car. It was an old Gran Torino. <laughs> and um, he just figured out some way to string up Christmas lights. <laughs> And uh, just drive around with them and just uh, too many stories. And I can't even, so many big moments and like things that are just like so fresh in my brain about him and moments that were just like, they're crystal clear. I can't even talk about them because it wasn't something he said or specifically did. It was just something exchanged in a glance. He just had such a unique way about him when he walked in a room. Um, but there are moments where something happened and we would just make eye contact and he would say so many things just in that little brief moment of eye contact and those are the things that I will cherish. I'm going to miss my friend. And um, I think I took him for granted because he was just someone who was tried and true and a constant, and I just never thought he wouldn't be there. And I guarantee you Somebody feels that way about you. So you can't... You can't believe that no one does. Because somebody does. Even if it doesn't feel like it, just reach out and they'll let you know. Tell your friends that you love that you love them. Let your family know how much they mean to you. We can make this place easier to get through if we do that. In the bio for this episode, you can find links to various websites where you can get information about mental health and, and suicide. Uh, you can go to www.nimh.nih.gov 
That's the National Institute of Mental Health. There are good resources there. And you can also go to suicidepreventionlifeline.org where there are also good resources. And these things are very easy for me to find and there's a ton more out there because all I did was Google suicide prevention. There's plenty of information out there. I want to thank you again for listening. This was not an easy one to put together. I hope you gained something that can help you get through life easier and help your friends get through life easier and your other loved ones. Comedy is something that can help people cope with life's struggles and difficulties and comedy can help people have a reason to smile and a reason to laugh and that is a good thing. This episode is dedicated in loving memory to my friend Chris Farmer. 